1 Corinthians chapter 12 and chapter 14 are about the gifts of the Spirit. In the middle is the, the chapter 13. If you didn't catch that 13 is in the middle between 12 and 14. Just for, I know, I don't want to lose anybody here. But for chapter 13 is the love chapter, and it's all about love. And it makes a couple of statements about that, uh, both before and after. But in 1 Corinthians 14, I'll tell you when to put it up. Uh, I was saved in the third grade. It was real. I would walk with a, with a, uh, as, as a third grader, fourth grader, fifth grader, I walked with the Lord. And I went to church regularly to Trinity Baptist Church in Abilene, Texas, with my sister. And she got married and moved away. And then I started, uh, um, fall away. She moved away. I fell away. And I went, I would go back and forth to church for various reasons, but I would get the Navy. Now, in the Navy, I was, uh, not a Christian. Okay. And by the time I got through with my life, I was a very failing man, a loser, number one. And I, I, my life was a t- shambles. So in 1971, December 1971, on Christmas Eve, uh, two men led me back to Jesus to where I prayed and received Christ again. And uh, there's a whole story there, but I want to get on to the other story. I was so high in Jesus, uh, I, I, I just couldn't imagine anybody could be higher in the Lord than I was. I was just off the charts high. And then I, uh, the guy that led me to the Lord, whom I, he took me in, uh, Henry Marshall, we went to the first assembly of God in Amarillo, Texas. Now, having had some Baptist experience, as a matter of fact, when they prayed for me to receive Christ again or renew my faith, uh, that happened in the alleyway of Trinity Baptist Church, Amarillo. Got saved in Abilene. Hmm. Trinity is a very special word for me. But anyway, I went to the Assembly of God. And I was, I have to admit, and we went to a lot of charismatic meetings too. And I have to admit, they, they were a little, they freaked me out a little bit. And uh, as time progressed, I was like, what are these people up to? And they talked about being a second experience of the Lord. And it was called uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit or infilling of the Holy Spirit. And so <clears throat> this one of the guys I met at this point who was going to the second assembly of, of Amarillo, Texas, second assembly of God, I still remember his name, even though I only had, this is 50 years ago, people, you know, 50 years ago, and uh, 1972 is when I knew this guy, and I only knew him about two and a half, maybe three months. His name was, and of course, how can you forget this name? Eric Havelock Bailey. 
Havelock Bailey. What a name. And I looked up to him and admired him. And uh, I, as I heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, this being Pentecost Sunday today, I said to myself, uh, I don't need that. I can't, if I get any higher, I may not be able to survive it. So Eric Havelock gave me, gave me a little book called They Speak With Other Tongues, and I started to read that. Then he started taking me through the scriptures. And before that, though, I want to say this. When I was, um, before that, when I felt so high in the Lord, and it just didn't seem like I could get any higher, um, I um, wanted to tell you that in 1971, early before the December uh, Christmas Eve uh, day, uh, I had spent some time in point, point in time, with my brother, and they took me in to help, fi- help me find a job, and my sister-in-law, who was a devout Christian, and I used to tell her I don't believe in God anymore because, and there was a whole lot of reasons, like he doesn't answer prayer. And my sister-in-law tells me the only prayer that God's ever going to answer is, Lord, would you make your, reveal yourself to me? And so a month, a couple of months before December, uh, New Year's Eve, I was so far down, I didn't think you could get any further down. And I said, I got down on my knees and I prayed and I said, Heavenly Father, no, I didn't say Heavenly Father, God, I said, God, God, I don't believe in you. And then I waited a minute and then I said, I must believe in something because I wouldn't be doing this stupid thing I'm doing right now <laughs> on my knees praying. I was, I, have you ever been able to get you, embarrass yourself with nobody around to be embarrassed for? Well, I was embarrassed, you know. And so I said, uh, but, ah, there's a but on that one. And I said, but, my sister-in-law told me that if I wanted you, I would ask if I asked for you to reveal yourself to me, you would. And so I said, Lord, please, would you reveal yourself to me? And he did. It took a couple of months, but he did. And Christmas Eve, I was down and they came out and they prayed with me to receive Christ. Now, they didn't know I had it in the third grade, but I, I, I prayed again, the sinner's prayer. And so I'm now, you know, at this point in time, I'm so high. And Eric Havelock Bailey told me, he says, he knew my testimony. And he says, remember how you prayed to ask God what he wanted? What he wanted, you know, that, and I said, yes. And from that point on, I would always be praying Lord, I want what you want, whatever it is. And I was so high. And so I'm in the, I'm talking to Eric Havelock Bailey, and he says, well, you said you don't want or need 
the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I said, yep, I, I can't get any higher than this. And he says, what, what has it got to do with what you want? What you need? You said that you prayed for the, to the Lord and asked God what reveal himself to you. Well, why don't you, you say your whole life is like that. I said, why don't you pray and ask God to reveal what he wants? And I did. And I started seeking the Lord. And uh, the Bible says in, in Jeremiah 29, the thoughts that I have towards you are good thoughts. And I love Psalm 139, which says, his thoughts are as numbered as the, toward me that are good thoughts are as numbered as the sands of the sea. And so uh, I, I said, uh, but it goes on to say, and if you will seek me, you will find me if you seek me with your whole heart. And so I started seeking the Lord. I said, Lord, do you want, to f- you want me to do this? If you want me to do this, I want it. You know, Kenneth, Kenneth Copeland said, God, if you want me to have a rubber ducky, I want a rubber ducky. Now, the point he was making was, whatever you want for me, whatever you want for me, I want to be here, a vessel for you. He must increase while I must decrease. And so <clears throat> I started praying that way. And then he gives me the scriptures. And he gives me these scriptures in 1 Corinthians 12. Now let's put up 1 Corinthians 12. And I started studying these scriptures. And I'm going to give you partial part of the scriptures. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, sorry. All right. Uh, I brought my Bible out just in case that didn't work. (laughs) Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not, don't leave this up just for a minute. I would not have you ignorant. Now, uh, I want to point out this something. I want to go to uh, share something with you. Now, I told you the love chapter is... uh, between the birth, the chapter between, and uh, why am I? Oh, here it is. Here it is. I had it on the right chapter. Chapter twelve and chapter fourteen is about the gifts of the spirit. The last verse in chapter fourteen it says, "But desire earnestly spiritual gifts or greater gifts, and moreover." A most excellent way I show you unto you. I don't know how I lost King James. That's all, that verse is all right. I just so I, when I see some start to read a scripture that I've lost, I I'm sorry. I, I apologize for that. <sighs> okay. All right. Uh, Twelve. Now, follow the the verse I just read. Follow after love, yet in King James says, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts. In chapter 12, it says the last verse of the chapter, and these are the two verses that encapsulate the love chapter, but 
desire earnestly the greater gifts or spiritual gifts, and moreover, a most excellent way show I unto you. Right now, what's the point? Some people have taken that to mean that the more excellent way is love. Well, I gotta say, love is the most excellent. But it isn't saying love is the more excellent way to go, not spiritual gifts. That's not what it's saying. What it's saying is you, it says, but desire, this is the last verse of chapter 14, but desire earnestly greater gifts. But moreover, a most excellent way show I unto you. I still can't get that blooming ASV off of there, but that's okay. I'll live with it. Now, this last verse in chapter 12, or this first verse in chapter 12 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Now you notice that these two verses, and I, 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 um, I don't like to say anybody else is wrong, I just don't believe that they're right in this particular interpretation of it. Not not the verse, but the interpretation of that people have is love is the most excellent way, not spiritual gifts. And there's no way that you can interpret it that way, in my opinion. And I've never had that interpretation. The interpretation is with desire spiritual gifts. But I want you to do it this way. You see, I want you to desire gifts this way. You know, one of the things is, how many of us pray for other people that they may be healed, they they may be delivered, they may be... See, the point that is being made out of this is what they're saying is, desire spiritual gifts and let me show you how to do it. It's like speaking the truth in love. See, you're not supposed to not speak the truth. And you're not supposed to just love people. You're supposed to do both. How, how is it loving people if you can't help them? You see what I'm saying? So it desires spiritual gift. Now let's, we got, let's go on. Let's go on, please. Next verse. You know that you were sometimes... Excuse me. I apologize. I'm, I want this chapter 14, verse 1. Please forgive me for my being confused. When you haven't eaten in two months, this can happen to you. Ye know that you were Gentiles carried away unto dumb idols, even as ye were led. You're still on 12. We're still on that dumb chapter. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Rakesh. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. Now, Paul is going to weave in and out here between the, uh, one of the, the nine gifts of the Spirit that is revealed in chapter 12 is they have three uh, vocal gifts, which is prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues. Then they have three knowledge gifts, which is discerning of spirit, word of knowledge, and word of wisdom. And then lastly, they have three power gifts, which is uh, healing, miracles, and um, faith, great faith. And one of those is tongues and interpretation of tongues. 
Now, when you have tongues and interpretation of tongues, it should be done in church and it should have an interpretation. One of the problems I've read, I don't know this is proved, but back in the, back in the days of Corinth, they'd just preach in tongues and they would fail to do what Paul's going to deal with. They wouldn't even have an interpretation. But if there's tongues in the church, there should be an interpretation. Yet I want you to know that he's distinguishing by whether it's in church or outside of church. In a way, it's very simple. In church, it's the gift of diverse kinds of tongues. All right. Outside of church, it is a prayer language. It is a prayer language. Now, you can pray in church if you pray quietly in tongues. But if you pray loud enough to draw attention to yourself, that should be a message in tongues. I pray in church every, every Sunday. I pray in tongues in church. But you can't hear me. You know, I, I pray. But anyway, for he that speaketh an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men. This is one of those things where not before men that is talking about tongues. And it's, it says, but unto God, for no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. When you pray, and he says he's not, he's, he's changing in this particular, he kind of weaves in and out, but he's talking about your prayer language. All right? And it says, uh, because you don't speak unto men. And he says, howbeit in the spirit you speak mysteries. So when you pray, in tongues, you speak mysteries to God. Next verse. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and or exhortation and comfort. Next verse. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself. Now, do you understand what that means? That means edify means to build yourself up. Jude 20 says, build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And Paul, when he was talking about praying in the Holy Ghost, he was, I mean, he was talking about tongues. I mean, it's just, that's just it. So anyway, we're going to go to verse 7. And so after verse 7, I'm not going on. But it says, but he that, I haven't finished yet, please. Okay, but he that speaketh unknown tongue edifies himself, but he that prophesieth edifies the church. Next verse. I would that you would all speak with tongues. Now, I want you to, you'll notice another verse in chapter 12 that says, do all speak with tongues? How can you, how can he say, I would that you all speak with tongues if do not, if all do not speak with tongues? Do you understand what I'm saying? Because there's a, there's a, he distinguishes a difference between praying and the church. And the church, speaking in tongues, should be uh, interpreted. But in private, speaking in tongues is a prayer language. He says, I would that all of you did it. And then, but rather that you may prophesy. And then this is in order that you may prophesy. That then he that speaketh with an unknown tongue, except he interpret it went in church, but in, excuse me, that the church may be, receive edifying. So when it's in church, it's edifying. When it's private, it's prayer. I would that all spoke with tongues. Next verse, please. Now, brethren, 
I want you to stop right there. Uh, I know I'm causing most of the problems for Rikisha up there, but I'm getting the resistance. And I'll tell you something. I want to tell you something. I, I, for, for months, I've been looking forward to Pentecost Sunday. And um, I, through the week, I forgot it was Pentecost Sunday. And so I had uh, a substitute going to preach for me today here. And I was going to go over to Living Water and hear Virgil speak. Because I love Virgil. And I, I love his preaching. I love him. And I just wanted to see him and support him. Virgil is preaching over at Living Water. And you know what? I uh, heard that it was Pentecost Sunday. And I was like, and I called my substitute and said, no, I'm going to preach Sunday because I want to preach Sunday. And from that point on, I've been resisted. Okay? Except shall I speak by... Now listen to this. This is one thing that we don't do very often. We always interpret tongues with prophecy. But this says, What shall it profit you except I shall speak to you in either by revelation or by knowledge, or by prophesying, or by doctrine. You see, prophecy just one way. You can speak by knowledge, you can speak by uh, doctrine. Not, what is knowledge? Knowledge is saying, the Lord wants to do this, 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 and this, and this. You know, Catherine Kuhn was a perfect example of that. Doctrine, well, that's teaching. You know, so prophesying is distinguished from teaching. And anyway, so let's go to the next verse, please. This is the last one. Uh, I'm going to go to another verse further down in a minute. And even things without life, give, you know, I want to go to verse 11 right now. Verse 18, I'm sorry, verse 18. I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than all of you. Next verse. Yet in church, I had rather speak five words with my understanding that by my voice I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. Now, so what does he say? Yet in church, if he says, I speak with tongues more than all of you, yet in church, he doesn't. That's what he's saying. Yet in church, I don't. Unless it's a, a message. So if there's a prayer language for tongues, when they got baptized in the Holy Ghost on the day of uh, Pentecost, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they all began to speak with tongues at the same time. Of course, there's a whole mess- message in that. I could spend a, a whole time in that. I, I could spend two hours in everything. But I'm just going to stop right there. There's a difference between prayer. Uh, when I was seeking the Lord about whether God wanted to fill me with the Holy Ghost. In the assemblies of God, and I sometimes wonder, shouldn't we, should we not have this? There's what they call altars, which are benches about, oh, you know, the size of a bench you would sit on that goes across and are padded and they go all the way across the church. At least the ones I've gone to has that. And they're for prayer after the church. You come pray and you get on your knees you put your elbows on the chair or your head on the chair and you pray and you're seeking the Lord, searching for Him. And so there's a place for speaking, uh, for praying. 
And so the, I used to go up every Sunday and pray. And they could call me at Jeremiah the Weeping, weeping Prophet because I'd weep for where God, what God took me from and where he, where he took me. So I shouldn't end a sentence with a preposition, though. Uh, where, from where God took me <laughs> and where he took and to where he took me. <laughs> it sounded better the other way. Anyway, I'd cry and I'd cry and I'd cry over the the sin that I had done and the righteousness God had made me. He took my sin and laid it on Jesus Christ and I got the great exchange. I just heard that again from Cody. The great exchange. And I wept and I wept. And I remember one Sunday, it wasn't the only Sunday, but I remember the one that stood in my mind the most. I was right over there, right over there on the, on the bench, crying all the way to the end. And there was this lady that was crying on the bench too. And she was praying in tongues. And I said to myself, that is the most beautiful thing I've ever heard in the whole, my whole life. I just listened to her pray. And I said, I want that. That was the beginning of my search. So, this happened. I, at my church, Pastor Slayton was um, the preacher. I kind of would have changed my name if I had a name like Slayton and too close. But he, he, he didn't need a name change. I loved his preaching. Uh, I didn't have the devotion that I got later about church. But I would call up on a Wednesday night or a Sunday night and I'd say, are you preaching tonight? And he would say, yes or no. And if he said no, I'd go someplace else. I'd go to church someplace else. Because I really loved his preaching. Maybe that's why people go other places. I don't know. Anyway, here. <coughs> Excuse me. So, I am, it's, this is a, it's much larger than this. And they had a big attendance that night. I'd say close to 300. And I was sitting exactly uh, in the position of the church where Dottie, uh, Dottie's sitting over there right now uh, next to Sue. And it was like the middle of the church all the way to the end. And so I get there and he says he's not preaching tonight. Oh, man, I was a little bit ticked, you know. And I almost got up and left. He said, we have a guest speaker tonight. He is a Catholic. Now, I still had residue of my younger days, and I knew Catholics weren't even saved. I knew that, you know. I have come to repent of that attitude. And uh, I was like, hmm. Then this guy gets up there with long hair and a beard. Now, this is my story. When I got saved, I read in the Bible, it's a shame for a man to have long hair. I cut my hair off. Or I had went to the barber, had it all cut off. Not shaved, but short hair. 
And this guy still has long hair. I don't like him. He had a beard. I didn't like like beards. And I said, I, I'm really upset now. No, I didn't, I didn't get my favorite preacher. I got this guy. You know, and I, he, he just started preaching. And he started preaching about the charismatic revival in the Catholic Church. And he went on and on and on. And I was saying, this is it. This is it. And he says, at the end, we're going to pray for people to receive the Holy Spirit. And uh, he says, we're going to lay hands on you. Now, I was, you know, this is, I'm still in this couple of months walking with the Lord, maybe three. Well, not that much, two. And so I decided, I, I, I'm, just, I'm going to be really honest with you. I remember this day so clearly. I was sitting like this. And as he preached, I got more like this, and more like this, and more like this. And I'm like, when is he going to get on with it? I'm like this. And then I got got loud like this. And I was like, I was not going to be last on this prayer chain, prayer line. And so he says... If you want to receive the Holy Spirit, he went through the Bible and showed it was a different experience. You know, like, you know, Acts 19.1, Paul meets some disciples and he says, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And I hadn't received the Holy Ghost since I believed. And so I'm like this. And finally he says, if you want to receive prayer, come up, and I ran up there. I was just a good thing. Nobody got on that aisle in front. And I ran up there, and I stood right there. And he's standing there in front of me, and he says, I was, oh, by the way, I was the only one. I was like, where's everybody else? And then he says, now, if you've prayed in tongues, received the gift of the Holy Spirit, but you haven't prayed in a while, and you just kind of want a new touch. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, uh, keep, keep on being filled with the Spirit. It says be filled, but that means it's a being thing. It's a keep on being filled with the Spirit. And he says, if you haven't prayed in tongues in a while, just line up. And they made a half moon, you know, a half circle around me. And there must have been, oh, I'd say 100 people or more in that line. And he says, we'll pray for you too. And then he says, and we're going to pray for these people first. (laughs) I waited for him to pray for a hundred people to receive the Holy Spirit. Now, they didn't take that long. But what he did is he put his thumb in oil and he stuck it to people's heads and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And so he went down and there was a roar that started. And it was people praying in tongues. And they kept going and going and going. It got louder and louder and louder. It was the most amazing experience. And I'm like standing there. And I'm like about ready to collapse. And he said something to me. To this day, I don't know really what he meant. He says, how do you want to receive? I said, on my knees. Because when I was in that little house where I got down on my knees. And I said, God, if you're real, show yourself to me. 
I got on my knees. And he put his thumb in. I'm, don't worry, I'm not going to stick my thumb on you after I licked it. He put his thumb on the oil. And Brother Slayton was there. And the assistant pastor was there. And everybody else was there. And he stuck his thumb on mine. At this point, I have never, I never had a full surrender with my hands. It's always been half mass, you know, like this. That's, that, that took everything I had. It just felt, un, I was afraid if I raised my hand, somebody call on me. You know, I've never done this before, you know. And so I get down on my knees and I have my hands like that. And he says, receive ye the Holy Ghost. And my tongue, off, my tongue took off like a house of fire. Now, I say that hopefully not to make you think that's how it happens. But anyway, he stuck his thumb and received the Holy Ghost. And I began to pray in tongues so fast it sounded like a motorboat. And I threw my hands up like this. And, and I thought, like, imagine God blowing away the top of the church and seeing all of heaven with all the angels rejoicing and praying. That's what the vision I saw. And I just cried and prayed and cried and prayed and cried and prayed. Then I got home and I went like this. (laughs) Nothing would happen. I stayed up for four hours waiting. Lord, I'm waiting for something. And so I told, I told my man, Eric Havelock Bailey, he says, you can pray in tongues anytime you want. The spirit of prophecy is subject to the prophet, you know. It's subject to you. He didn't take over your tongue. You might have felt that way, but he didn't do that. You know, he doesn't take over people's body, you know. He needs a willing subject. And he says, you can just pray. So I went home. And I started praying in tongues. And I've been praying in tongues ever since. Except when I backslid a couple of times. But I came back. And you know, I want to say something. I I may not know this, like Paul knows it. But I thank God I pray with tongues more than all of you. And maybe I'm wrong. But I do it every day. And sometimes I do it for hours. And it edifies you. It builds you up. Sometimes you... Paul said in Romans 8, we know not what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit knoweth and make intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. I don't know what to pray for sometimes. I just pray in the Spirit. You see? And uh, I will always pray. Now, do I look like I've got something better than somebody else? Maybe. But the truth is, I know some guys that are filled with the Holy Ghost and fire, but they haven't prayed in tongues. They haven't spoken in tongues. You can pray, you can get filled with the Holy Ghost. I know people that get, that, that's so full of the Holy Ghost. Now, do what I like to say for them. Shame on you to invite the Holy Ghost into your life, but won't let him speak. I resist. I don't share that because some people I know are so full of the Holy Ghost and I love them and I would never make them feel like lesser because they don't pray in tongues. I may have said some things that sound like that, but uh, 
I want you to know I don't feel that way. Um, but you know when you have something that's really great, maybe somebody else doesn't have it? You want them to have it. You know, you want to give it to them. You know, amen. Well, I'll tell you what, we have communion time, but what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to pray for all of you. All of you. If you have never had the experience, I wish I could take you through the whole uh, 50 days of the days of Pentecost, Pentecost, You know what it is. I wish I could just take you through that whole 50 days. Because all 50 days is leading up to that. That was the day the church was birthed. Pentecostal Sunday. (laughs) Pentecostal. Pentecost Sunday was the day the church was birthed. And you see that from the Passover all the way to the 50 days, the first day, the first fruits, was the beginning of Pente- Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost means pe- 50. And that's why they call it 50 days. It started on the first day after the Passover. It just, it's, just, it's so beautiful. And it, 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 it should just be amazing to you. But uh, we're going to pray for you right now. And uh, how many, uh, I'm not going to ask for hands. You just want it, you want it, you'll get it. You want it, you'll get it. But I'm going to say, I'd like for some people over here, uh, who could be over there? My, uh, Amy, uh, Dr. B, if you, could, if you have the time, but not right now, but after the service, over, over here, to pray for people and anoint you with oil. If you didn't receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and you didn't pray in tongues, he'll be right over there to pray for it. Dr. B, Amy, uh, Audra, would you come in too at the end of the service? And, uh, oh, Rodney, you gotta have Rodney over there. Absolutely, you gotta have Rodney. And come over at the corner here and pray for people to receive the Holy Ghost. All right, let's pray now. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, that you love us so. Thank you for giving us of your spirit. We're born of your spirit, born again. And thank you that you have a way to give us power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said you would send another comforter and the Holy Spirit has come. And so we ask in Jesus' name right now, Lord Jesus, baptize us with the Holy Spirit and fire. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Fill us. Sante, Sancto Espiritus. That's beautiful, isn't it? Sancte, Sancte, Sancto, Espiritus. That's Latin for come Holy Spirit. It's beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? 
sante, as in venes sante spiritu, come Holy Spirit. That's beautiful. Come Holy Spirit, fill us now, your people, your children. Fill us to overflowing. Fill us to where we can pray in the Spirit. And we can even ask and pray with the understanding also. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. If you have received the Spirit, please come over to Dr. B, Rodney, Audra, and Amy. And anybody else who wants to come up with him and pray, the invitation is open. If they want to come up to pray, please join those four to pray for people. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, fill this house with your glory. We are already your glory. Fill us now, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.